Welcome to Wonderfully Done, a wholesome show about sex, communication, and loving yourself. Presented to you with love by me, Lauren. And her very cute, fat, and sex-positive friend, Victoria. Hello, how you doing? In short, we are two horny sweethearts from Australia who have an insatiable appetite for set-centric media, human connection, and getting knee-deep in our wet, wet, wet feelings. This show is all about us having conversations with each other and with listeners. You send in your questions, your thoughts, your feedback, and we discuss them. We are down to talk about whatever you're curious about, whatever you're concerned about, whatever you're excited about. So we'll chat about sex, relationships, love, and everything in between. What's really important to know is this is a shame-free zone. We will not laugh at you. We will laugh with you. (laughs) We are here to be helping and to be listening, but it's important to know that we are not professionals. If you hear something interesting or something you're worried about, please do your own research, reach out to your own professionals, uh, get help for yourself. We are really your sex posse friends that are having that beginner conversation for a few ideas, a little bit of inspiration, and then you take it from there. All right, so let me read the first question for us all so that we can get into discussing. Dear Wonderfully Done, how do I begin to suggest to my girlfriend that we start to explore group sex? How do I begin to search for others to join in? And that's all there is for that question. It's a little brief one. And despite it being very brief, I feel like I have so many questions. (laughs) I mean, I, I love it short and sweet. This person has made it clear about what they're interested in. But like you, it really opens up so many different questions, breaking it down to group sex. What is group sex? Yeah, what does that mean to you? (laughs) Exactly. How do you suggest things to a partner? And then how do you begin to search for others to join in? I would just say, whoa, whoa, whoa. Whoa, Slow slow all the way down. thinking about it and want to have some discussions about it somewhere like that's really cool and great so I commend you for that but definitely some separation of goals and a plan is very necessary I think to undertake this in a way that isn't going to ruin your relationship potentially (laughs) (laughs) it's a real go slow situation and if you're in a relationship that's going well that's a great place to very slowly explore things. If your relationship isn't going well, group sex is not the thing to add. <laughs> yes, it really, yeah, it's, that's a very strong question. Is your current relationship solid? Like, rock fucking solid. Do you have amazing trust, already have a really solid foundation of great communication? Because, yeah, adding more people in any capacity to something that's a bit rickety rockety uh that is just smells like trouble to me (laughs) i mean it's a really common fantasy like i think when it comes to overall sex research and things like that the most common fantasies are a little bit of power play like a little bit of bdsm stuff and threesomes like threesomes are really common so is this person thinking about group sex as threesomes Mm. like definitely i mean have you had threesomes with your partner have you and your partner have have 
have had threesomes separately? Like, what what is the experience yeah. levels What's happening the, here? The foundation of of, uh, of where we're coming from. Uh, <laughs> is this something yes. you've ever discussed before? Is this like a fantasy that you've expressed slash something? Yes, indeed, that you did used to explore frequently, or maybe just had that one time ten years ago that was really amazing, and you might like to do again, but you haven't been able to find anybody else who was keen to do it with you. There's so much going on. There's there's really a hell of a lot here. And so I think it's really good to start conversations about this to treat it as fantasy only. Talking to your girlfriend about, like, has she ever watched or enjoyed pornography with threesomes? Has she ever had a threesome? Has she ever thought about it? What does it look like for her? You know, what's interesting about it? What would be what would be interesting? And just saying like that you're not trying to make anything happen, but literally you might like to have a role play or think about some things, um, you know, for sex with other people, sex that includes other people and start to get an idea about where are there any sensitivities? Where are her questions? What reassurance does she need just about the whole concept itself when it's purely kept as a fantasy? Yeah, and that's the thing, right? Because, I mean, it is an extremely common fantasy and for some people it's just, it really is a no-go territory. So probably establishing whether or not you are able to have more conversations around that. I mean, we also all have different things where it's, you know, we had different places, I think, in exploring our sexuality where it becomes a little bit less like, is my partner keen to do this? And it's a question like, of, do I really need this? Is this the way that I need to be able to explore myself? And if you're in a monogamous relationship, then that's kind of like a question. I guess it's mm. less of a question at the moment um, because, you know, we have limited mobility <laughs> <laughs> to see other humans. So. Mm. Mm. <laughs> Probably a lot is what you've got for now. <laughs> yes. And there is a really stereotypical thing where – a partner talks to a girlfriend. I mean, we do not know the gender or sexuality of this listener, but there's a very typical thing where a guy will talk to his girlfriend to suggest group sex, to suggest getting an extra woman and Uh, she'd be interested in that woman and Mm -hmm. he'd be interested in that woman. But I've had conversations with friends where, or even for myself, where I'm like, hey, group sex would be interesting or a threesome would be interesting. And then we both go away and come back with very different ideas about (laughs) the genders involved in that threesome. And there being dudes that are just like, no, like there could never be a man there, you know, and there's weird gender separations. There's some real strange, really strange weirdness there. Mm, yeah because that's the thing right with like like being a bi woman so you know people are you know pleased by that because they're like oh great like <laughs> you'll be down for whatever you're about to make my <laughs> fantasy come true and it's like mm. but like i mean i i mean i i want all kinds of different threesomes but um you know i feel like a lot of the ones that i was like especially keen for it's like i wanted to be uh two dudes slash two two people with penises ideally or yeah. you enjoy using an extra appendage you know what yes. you like like mm. And uh, just feels like sometimes there's a little bit of a like, or, um, you know, I had uh, a partner who was bisexual as well. So like that, that was an awesome person to kind of discuss this sort of stuff with. And uh, we had similar fantasies, although theirs were definitely like shooting towards definitely wanted like another dude mask person Mm, mm, (laughs) in in the mix, um, which was interesting in itself because it, 
tricky as you're like starting conversations with people about it uh because there were so many guys that would approach it just like no 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 not even no no kissing just like nothing like I don't want anything to do with the other penis owner in the room just like Mm. not interested it's just kind of like oh like I don't I don't I mean, for me, like, that doesn't sound very hot when there's already kind of weird lines in the (laughs) the sand of of how you can have that sexual experience. Mm. Mm. It's really tricky. Yeah. (laughs) When someone's like, I'll do this, but here the list of things I won't do is enormous. And, I mean, it's good if someone knows where their comfort levels are and if they can go into it. But it is like, dang, but I'd like to see you smooch, you know? like that's. Right, it's like an immediate like, oh well, definitely not interested with doing that with you because that's mm. not the kind of threesome that we want to have. Yeah. Uh, so good day to you, sir. Yes. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> good job filtering. And I mean, for me, for me in my personal life, I was definitely like, well, the the ultimate way of me fucking over the patriarchy is for me to have an all women threesome. <laughs> Yeah, and I, you know, and I was in my early twenties, and I was like, "Yeah, this means that I'm really sticking it to the man." (laughs) (laughs) But I was, I was a, I was a feisty little queer idiot back back in the day. Um, But and then and then I had that experience, and that was really good. But also, it was a very unstable dynamic with those with those women as well. And so, as much as I was really pushing for and hoping for that experience and proud of that experience, it again didn't come from that really strong, solid home base that we're talking about. And yeah. then it was not a, it was not an experience that could be repeated or went that well emotionally from there. So I'd honestly say, like, if you talk to your girlfriend, she might be interested in a threesome or might be interested in a more, you know, whether it's like, oh, there'll be another couple having sex and we'll also have sex mm-hmm. in a room, yeah, which so is another thing. kind of experience. And that's the thing. Yeah. Like, and it's so interesting too is like even opening these conversations like sometimes with people it's things that they've never really discussed with other people before because there are sort of like some I would definitely say it still feels like something that's a bit taboo despite being highly desirable to so many people um but like yeah, maybe. So you never know what fantasies are knocking around in people's heads until you uh, you start having to dig in there. Like, is it is, is it stuff like swinging? Is it orgies in public spaces? Is it private space orgies with some close friends? Is it a threesome? Is it a foursome? Mm. Is it is it dogging in a in a public space? <laughs> like, I, is it a is it um you know multiple blowjobs in a mm-hmm. in a strange seedy cinema? Like, there's. <laughs> There's so, so many different uh, ways that you can experience things like that. So, mm. yeah, it's really Now, Vix, on... oh, sorry. you should, no, no, I, I do want us to, to rewind and please tell, <laughs> tell the lovely audience about what dogging is because many, many may not know and it is not bestiality. No, no, it's not. I, that's probably <laughs> a, a good one to go over. Yeah, no, um. It was, I, it's not something I've done personally, but there's definitely been different periods of my life where I've fantasized about it quite a lot. Nice. Uh, but, but essentially, um, people will pick 
I guess it's kind of like a public place, uh, but by public space, I mean a, a sort of a, a shared outdoors that's not inside your home. So maybe kind of like by a forest or by the side of the road. Uh, <laughs> and pretty much like uh, people will usually kind of like discuss like that location beforehand and then you can go and attend and people will be having sex publicly and you can, you know, you can have a fucking mares and have a watch from, you know, from behind a tree or in your car maybe. <laughs> or you can go and join in um you know people have I guess different different fantasies that they're also trying to fulfill in that kind of uh environment you know for some people it's the voyeurism for some people it's sleeping with strangers and just being used and had you just saw oh, there's just bodies you don't know what's going on lovely um I guess part of different power dynamics um and some some people just really like to watch you mm. know so it's a I feel like at that time, um, I think I was like in my early twenties when I was like researching that sort of stuff in a, you know, when you get to like that sort of horny where, um, (laughs) where like afterwards you're disgusted with yourself sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh God, do I know? Absolutely. So like horny drunk. Um, so sometimes when I'd be horny drunk, but of course I lived in New Zealand, you know, so sort of like finding places where people were organizing stuff like that in a way where it you'd feel safe attending at least at that time I didn't know how to do that so it's part of this one really weird kind of creepy seedy (laughs) (laughs) sex dating website um I knew <laughs> never went any further with it because you know I'd like have a man sober up and be like, oh god, that's so unsafe. <laughs> Unless I have like somebody to go with, or yes. a, you know, it's very rigorously organized. Like probably not an amazing idea for making sure that you have um, a safe and fulfilling experience. Yes, that one's probably a little bit risky. But yes. what is the, what is the <laughs> fantasy? And how can you bring it down to the smallest version of that? Like yeah. whether it's just watching porn together of it, reading literotica about it, like talking about it, having a role play. I remember speaking to a friend. She was very, very unconfident about the idea of orgies or going to mm-hmm. sex parties, but she was very curious. And so her and her partner got into some kind of a some kind of a like community of sexually curious people, but people that didn't have experience that they wish they'd had. And they found another couple where they're like, this couple lives in another fucking country to us. We're never going to meet them. There's no chance of cheating. There's no chance of whatever, but they just made this hot group chat with this other couple where they would talk about the sex that they were having and they would swap sexy pictures with this other couple. Yeah. And then they organized to have a group call where they're like, yeah, we'll just have the phone open, no video or anything, but we'll just have the audio on while we have sex in that room Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. with. And so it was just like sexy audio of another couple doing things. A nice little practice. And it was, you know, and it was audio only. So people weren't worried about how they looked and they were like, Hey, how are you guys going? What are you guys doing? (laughs) Kind of thing. Like, And I'm just like, that was just weirdly wholesome, but kind of cute and a nice idea. Yeah. I think it's kind of nice. Safe way to explore too. Cause I think that's Mm. what can uh, be really nerve wracking for some people when they're entering different group situations and you have a bit less experience, like putting yourself out there that the level of vulnerability required is just it's very high it's very yes. high so it's just, i just love that we're both newbies but we both want to taste and to and to mm. 
to have a try. And so let's do that. And see how you feel, because that's what a lot of uh, things around, I guess, adding other people in some capacity is it's trying different little things and seeing how you feel about it. Because it's the other thing about fantasies is there's also the line of what sounds really hot sometimes in your head and how that feels IRL sometimes is quite different. And mm. like for a lot of different reasons, like sometimes it's like maybe it would have been an okay experience had it been with someone else. Mm, absolutely. And another way to really try and protect yourself and your relationship and try and support the more tender bits of these conversations is maybe to talk about paying for a professional. Like yes. I've, I've had really drunken, fraught threesomes and I've had good threesomes and there's just been sort of the whole range, but there's always been emotional vulnerability involved and there's always been yes. some reassurance needed and that will probably still always happen. But if, but nowadays for me, for my next experience like that, I would probably want to go and pay for a professional because it's just like, I'm like, now I will control for the feelings for at least a third of this scenario because this is a professional who probably doesn't need as much reassurance, you know, they'll need love and respect and support and yes, niceness. <laughs> exactly. But they won't be worried about, will this change the friendship or whatever else kind of a situation. So yeah, it's lower risk. You know? Yes. Um, and if your girlfriend is not sure how she's going to feel about you with another person, how does she feel about women, etc., like make the less confident person, the one that's in control of the pace that you're yes. going at. You know, it, it and needs to be. Um, yeah, it really needs to be. So the other part of this question is also about how do I go about finding people or how do I go about searching for this? That, my friend, is very firmly after all of these things that we have talked about. So there is so many conversations to have. If you come to the conversation with the girlfriend saying, are you interested in group sex? I am. And here's how we, we can do it. That's really overwhelming. Like that's a hell of a lot at once. So cover so much of the stuff we've just talked about. And then when it comes to searching for people, sorry, but that's also hard. So I, <laughs> I talked about professionals and I think professionals are a really good way to start because it's guaranteed, you know, you can save up money and you can work with someone who is a professional. The girlfriend can be in control of who you go see or how you're going to start. It's very easy to stop if people are not having a good time. You know, mm. I would recommend this. Yeah. And having like the very specific actions that you want to have happen Happen, mm. you know? Yes, absolutely. Before to talk about what you want yeah. and to let go of the idea of a natural threesome. I had this as a very toxic idea in my mind, you know, yeah. the obsession with a natural three women threesome, <laughs> <laughs> you know, that I made happen off the merits of my own hotness or whatever. Yeah, I, th I mean, I, I think that that's like a difficult thing in sex in general that relates to uh, so much mis misinformation and lack of conversation is is all these ideas about well you know good sex just happens and it really yeah, doesn't like no. um sometimes maybe but like that's kind of like a freak accident lightning strike like uh when it's happening regularly it's because two two plus people have put the work in mm. or solo sorry of course all kinds of sex um have put the work into getting to know each other, getting to know each other's bodies, getting to know what each other thinks uh, is hot and growing and exploring together. Like, at least for me, that's, that's where the better sex in my life has come from and how I would like to continue approaching sex as I move into the future. 
Yes. And so once you've had these had these conversations and you're ready to think about what does success look like for me, you know, and what do, do, what do I want personally? What do I want my relationship to get out of this experience? You might find that, okay, you still want to dip your toes in group sex stuff. It could be sex parties. It could be orgies. Like there are things that I have and haven't experienced. I mean, for me, there are uh, kinky play parties that you can go to that are not sex on premises, but it's a sexually charged space. You might find it interesting to dip your toes into just being in a room with other people that are being a little bit sexy and without having sex and see how that feels as well. You can go to swingers parties. I haven't done this yet, but again, I'm I so think curious. it's... I'm so curious as well. And I think it's important that it's a place where you know, the organizers are clear that there will be beginners and people do not have to participate and there is a good healthy culture around no's. But again, you going as a couple and saying, hey, we're just going tonight. We're just looking. We're not touching anyone. We're not going to hook up with anyone. We'll have a drink. We'll have a make out and we're not going to play with anyone our first time. Space feels, you know, and how do you feel being in a space that's a bit more sexually charged and has the potential for more to happen if you want it to, which can be very thrilling in itself. You know, if that was something that you were into and you stuck to the boundaries that you had discussed, maybe you're going to have some really fucking hot sex in the car or (laughs) when you get home or the next morning, or it's going to be, you know, material for future things. Yes, that's exactly it. And if you're coming into this whole situation with being like, this is what I need now, this is what I need my relationship to become now, that's a really different situation and you could be on a very different page. But if it's like, this could be really hot, but if you're not ready yet, you know, we can try a few of these things, but if you don't want to, that's okay. I'm here to reassure you, you're enough. It's not because I'm bored. It's, you know, you may need to just float the concept and if she's not down, you put it away for six months to a year. It could be forever, but are you still happy in this relationship if you can't access this? Yes. Like that's important. That's very important. So I think we've had a good conversation for this. You know, you can send us a simple question. We can still talk for a real long time about it. <laughs> so we've talked about how many conversations need to happen and how gently the conversations need to happen with your partner first, well before you look into organizing things with people to have an idea of why do you want this? What is your idea of group sex? What are you hoping to get out of it? Being on the same page about who's got what experience, who's got what interest and finding really small approachable ways to start it. Whether it's just texting with other people online, you can have a look at Fit life. You can have a look at Adult Matchmaker. There's lots of other people that are like you that are curious about this and they might be experienced in it or they might be other couples that are curious. What isn't easy is finding magical unicorn bisexual women <laughs> that are down to be involved with whatever you're doing that are not paid professionals. Yeah, so, uh, sorry, on that very important mm-hmm. thing, what are you offering to yes. the people that you want to have the group sex with? And I think that's a question that couples don't really ask themselves frequently enough. It's just looking for a body to fulfill their fantasy. And if that's the case, you're looking for a professional. You're not looking uh, to genuinely meet somebody to have an exchange with like yeah please be like mindful and kind and honest with yourself about what you want 
yes uh, and be willing to pay for it like these experiences are wonderful beautiful and exciting and if you've got a very specific idea about it pay for it absolutely do not deploy your girlfriend into bisexual and lesbian women spaces and ask that community who wants to hook up with me and my boyfriend because Vix and I have seen it one million thousand times and everyone in the community gets pissed off. You you are not smart for trying that way. No, <laughs> and I am so sorry if this listener feels told off. <laughs> I don't know if they are a man, but Vix and I have been unicorn hunted and it can be fun, but usually it's just annoying. Yeah, I feel like it's only been fun when, like, ah, oh, man, like, uh, I feel like me and Lauren had, like, one really good conversation about it um, and how to kind of, like, uh, I guess propose what I was looking for <laughs> and having it be a lot more like, well, I'm looking for a lovely couple to take me on some dates and to spoil me and look after me and uh, then we'll see what happens, you know? Not sort of, it's like any date, you know? You've got to do, like, quite a lot of, like, ground laying down to even get there the, the emotional the physical the grooming oh we'll talk about all of that many many times over and over again but yeah so if you get <laughs> to the point of having that date like if 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 you're looking to to schmooze somebody like do like treat it like a like a sexy little romantic interlude and have the chance to have a really good time uh and have the person yeah uh, uh feel part of things mm, <laughs> in, a, yes. in a meaningful way would be probably nice. <laughs> yes. But if you and your partner are on the same page and you want this, but you're finding it hard to find someone or you're actually getting frustrated or it's time sensitive or it's whatever else, you can't rush this if it's with another person who's out there in the world trying to navigate and trying to have the sex that they want. What you can do to have a quote unquote safe bet is pay for the professional. So potentially start there but there's lots of other ways go slow be careful check in one million thousand times know that this is hard to do skillfully it's hard to do successfully uh and it's not going to be linear progress and it might just be something that your girlfriend's not into or might only be down for in two years time so don't hurt each other don't hurt random third parties good luck and godspeed <laughs> question how exciting question two are you ready to go lauren ready Why, to talk yes. about some more sexy things um, indeed so okay hello wonderful lovelies in sex culture i find climaxing quickly slash fast is only ever discussed on the side of cis males and as a cis female it is something that occurs for me very often to the point where i often don't engage in physical arousal before intercourse uh, if that's what's going to happen in brackets. Do you have any tips for or advice for others who are quick to hit the apex of the sex roller coaster from quick during COVID? Well, hello, lovely listener. This is a hard and vulnerable question. And you're right. Not a lot of people talk about it. People talk about women's orgasms like they can have them. Sometimes they can't. They can have multiple very often they can't, you know, they'll have, they'll have <laughs> orgasms in certain ways. Sometimes they can't. And people don't really believe that, you know, that climaxing quickly and having orgasms before you want to really could be a problem. So yes. I'm really sympathetic. <laughs> That's hard. Like it's, it, it is truly something I actually, you know, haven't seen 
as part of many conversations as you've started. And if I have seen it, um, it's just under kind of like this ugly banner of being dysfunctional, which I think, quite frankly, is fucked. I think a lot of um, behaviors and how sexual experiences work in people's bodies if it's not part of this really one standard frankly often very boring script it just gets written away with dysfunction and I think it's rubbish and I'm very sorry if society has ever made you feel that way <laughs> would be the, the 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 first part uh because I mean even even the way that this question is phrased you know really sounding like, yeah, like this is feeling like, like a big problem. And I mean, that's the thing too. It's like the, the other questions about it, you know, like, is, are, are you the sort of person who, uh, you know, when you orgasm, then you don't want to be touched anymore. Uh, you're not interested in playing anymore. Uh, maybe you're the sort of person who just needs a cool down. Um, you know, there's a lot of, I, I, yeah, I think a lot of different ways that people can feel after they've come. Yes. And it's a lonely experience, I feel. Like, similar to, you know, if a woman came and said, oh, I come too quickly. For some people, she's not going to get sympathy because some people will treat it like a guy saying, oh, my dick is too big. You know, people are like, <laughs> oh, well, poor you. Because people are frustrated differently about their orgasms or non-orgasms. So I feel yeah. like this person probably doesn't get a lot of sympathy. But I've got sympathy, dear listener, you poor thing. Yeah, because I, I have definitely been there before. I've definitely had orgasms when I didn't expect them, quicker than I expected, not not when I wanted them. And usually it annoys me and it annoys me more than yeah. my partners because my partners are like, no, it's great that you came quickly. And I'm like, I'm telling you it's not. And right, then all of a sudden we argue. This is yeah. actually a reflection of me. So this yes. means I'm very great that you've come. Yeah. And it's like it like coming doesn't have to be the apex like mm. like coming or having an orgasm is one of the many potential outcomes or things that could happen during a sexual experience and I feel like when you discuss it also as the apex I feel like it just adds that extra level of pressure when there's already so many many layers mm. of pressure that's exactly it and I mean we can even think a little bit about what what is some of the language around ways that cis men handle premature ejaculation? Some of the advice includes things like masturbate during the day before a date. You know, if you're someone that finds a second orgasm harder, mm, even if yeah. you do that during the day, that might take the edge off a little bit. That might help. Uh, I've talked to some people that have said like split crotch panties, for example, that cover the clit or has some padding around the clit, depending on what kind of sex you're having, that might muffle a little bit if you're finding that certain kinds of sex are too stimulating there. Yeah. Uh, like, there could be things that you can do. This would be something that I would recommend maybe talking to a sex therapist about, maybe talking to a pelvic floor therapist about, people that are really specialized in all the physiology that's happening here and knows a lot more about 
musculature and structures and, you know, things to do with orgasm. There might be exercises that help you, but also like, what does your masturbation look like? If you do masturbate, is it a really quick experience usually? Could you slow it down? Could you practice edging? Can you get more familiar with warning signs that maybe you'll come and manage to like stop and draw it back if that's what you want? But this is complicated, but it's just about how your body is. Your body isn't wrong. Yeah, like that's the thing, right? Like however you do orgasm, like maybe like it's normal for your body or normal for where you are right now with your um, sexual relationship with yourself and your, your body. But, like, it's, it doesn't mean that that's just because where you are right now, that there isn't still a lot of room to kind of, like, play and explore. Like, because, you know, sometimes, I, I mean, I think for most things to do with sex, the, the first place to really turn back to is, is yourself. Um, and, like, is there, is, is, is part of it some sort of, like, repair or building that relationship that you have with yourself around how you're experiencing uh, the sexual encounters in your life, both with yourself and other people. And like, how do you feel about coming? When you do come, even if it's quick, does that feel pleasurable to you? Do you find that enjoyable? Uh, there's this, yeah, like a lot of, a lot of discussions to have, like, because if, if they're quick, but feel wonderful and you had a good time, that's also okay. Maybe it's the sort of thing uh, where you would want to be exploring some more things that weren't touch-based and were just sort of like, I guess, uh, like I liked what Lauren was sort of saying about, uh, you know, how it's a, a common suggestion to, to masturbate during the day to sort of, I guess, prepare yourself for the next orgasm that you want to have. But is it kind of like extending the kinds of erotic uh, interactions that you're having? Like, is it uh, you are sending text messages through the day? Is it you send one in the morning and are like, I want you to think about this one specific thing and I want you to describe it to me when I see you? Or uh, planning to dress a certain way? Or, uh, I mean, there's so many different things that, that you could do, right? Uh, taking photos, um, having video calls, um, when you're there in person, maybe it's, uh, focusing a little bit more on non-erotic touch. Maybe there's some more different kinds of massage. Maybe it's some, uh, soft, gentle shower or bath time together. Uh, maybe it, maybe it's kind of, I don't know, something cutesy like a, like a sexy fashion show <laughs> <laughs> where you try on different sexy outfits for, for what are you going to wear for this interaction tonight and having I, of course I don't know what your personal triggers are that kind of like send you down the orgasmic path um but as Lauren mentioned earlier getting getting a getting a better idea of that through exploration of maybe things that aren't in your general toolbox of how you have a sexual experience absolutely I think it's also what what makes me a little bit oh sad uh, with the listener is yeah. talking about uh, the phrasing of I don't often engage in physical arousal before intercourse yeah. part. What's happening? What are these interactions look uh, like? I was like, does this person avoid foreplay that's really focused on their own body? Do yeah. they focus foreplay on the other partner, or do they jump straight to 
straight to like a penetrative sex or something without much warm up. That doesn't necessarily need to be a negative, but how do you feel about it? How does your partner feel about it? Like I've been with partners where, you know, they'll expect that because I'm a cis woman, I will want a hell of a lot of foreplay. And then I almost upset them when I don't want that. <laughs> Cause oh I'm God, like, where are these people you've been sleeping with? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, <laughs> Curse the universe. Curse the universe. <laughs> but but I am worried for this person. Like, you know, if they're avoiding getting, you quote unquote, getting aroused before yeah. intercourse, you could hurt yourself. There can be some difficult things going on. But also, if you find that you orgasm too quickly, you orgasm when you feel that you were just in foreplay, for example, in terms of how this person feels about it, focusing the foreplay on your other partner might be more helpful. You'll probably still find it arousing. I would hope that you would still find that foreplay arousing, but maybe you can say, I really don't want, uh, I don't want any of my, you know, I don't want my clit or my pussy touched, yeah, you know, touching. yeah, off the, off the in table. that foreplay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's just focused on my chest or it's just other body parts and things like that. That might be helpful. Yeah. Cause like, I hope that touch like, that's the thing, right? Of course, uh, from this sort of question, we also don't know, um, I guess, uh, their particular thing things that they enjoy in yeah are they do they prefer to give touch do they prefer to receive touch are they super into physical touch are they more into verbal things like i mean there's a bajillion are they more into toys list goes Mm. on there's like endless but like if touch is is something that you are wanting that is kind of like bleeding into the aroused area and you're not allowing yourself to have it because of fear around coming oh my goodness <laughs> you deserve to have the touch that feels good to you and it doesn't have to be a, a bad thing necessarily that that you're coming quickly um, mm. making peace with yourself like letting yeah. go of that frustration with the self because that sounds really hard like to be going into a sexual situation saying I hope my body doesn't do this thing that it mm-hmm. tends to do but instead having a mindset of my body tends to do this thing and <laughs> the way that I work with it is <laughs> yeah. this yeah <laughs> is this gonna happen quickly what <laughs> yeah that surprised me whoops I need 20 minutes let me give you a message while I exactly. uh, get ready to go again you mm. know or maybe let's have a glass of wine or let's have a shower or um man, I really would have loved to have done this to you, but you're just going to have to wait till tomorrow. You know, Uh, I think there's lots of ways that you can make it fun and just sort of, um, yeah, like not being compassionate to, I guess the, the, you know, we all get a different (laughs) lottery outcome for uh, the different ways that our bodies respond to different things. Um, Something that can be difficult for, for cis women would be, uh, like clit sensitivity or just not feeling like penetration anymore if you've come quickly from something like PIV sex. Something that I do not know how to pronounce but <laughs> but that other people find fun I really don't have much experience with is intercrural sex. I don't know I don't know if I'm pronouncing it correctly. It's spelled I N C R U R a L maybe intercrural, but it's pretty much when the other person like fucks your thighs instead of oh i didn't know the 
name yeah. for that? I think it's called intercrural sex. <laughs> I don't know. Well, I'm yeah, so sorry. bits of the body that you can fold over. <laughs> yeah, if <laughs> one bit of the body's tired, like, yeah, you know. just change it up. <laughs> absolutely. Or, you know, your partner can jerk off onto your chest or something like that or all sorts of things. If you're just like, I'm disappointed because now I don't, now I'm not comfortable with that anymore. Or they might just say, I wanted the experience of, of more penetrative sex before I came, which might mean mm-hmm. picking positions that don't also rub your clit, for example. Yeah. Or some people might even, I think some people have even suggested using a period sponge or something like mm-hmm. that to give padding to maybe protect your G-spot or something. Like if you if you have a partner that just super gets the G-spot or whatever and you find that you come quickly, um you know, more, more condoms, more this, more that. I don't know. You know, be a mad scientist. Have fun with it. Yeah. It's, it's fun testing what works, you know, like, and I, I do understand that, you know, a lot of it can be frustrating because we're sold this idea of a certain way that things should work. Like I'm at the other end of the scale for a, a really long time, maybe, maybe until only the last, uh, like year or so. Um, I, I didn't orgasm with people at all. I think by the age of like, uh, like literally 27, 28, like, uh, I think I'd come five times from other people, uh, touching me. And, and a lot of my experiences, um, you know, I was like very frustrated with myself and mad that I couldn't do it. Um, I think that, in part helped me to sadly deal with it in a bad way, which was deprioritizing my own pleasure completely and focusing on being a really great giver of pleasure because that part I could control and I could make happen. Um, but as I, you know, it, <laughs> it's a, it's, it's a tricky thing figuring out how to work with yourself because it wasn't until then. Yeah. Until I've got a bit older and like, I found out recently that I have ADHD and, you know, common things with that, are you know, that you're, some people are very hypersexual, which is where I fall and often have trouble concentrating. And I'd always thought, um, that I wasn't, sort of able to come and have the experiences that I wanted because I was a fat person. So, um, being that I was less deserving of the pleasure from people, um, because I was lucky that they were interested. Um, and yeah, like just so it's such a tricky thing. Like not, not people not giving you like foreplay touch because you know, you were wet already. And their one goal was like, um, you know, you need to be ready for me to be inside you. Uh, and I'm making such a face you are already so I guess I'll just penetrate you then and it's like oh cool and then you just lay and stare at the ceiling afterwards and are just like ah that wasn't fun wow yeah that 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 really took a turn I'm probably also (laughs) going to talk about variations of this like one million times but all I'm saying is man it sucks to not get the touch that you want in uh in uh sexual experiences and unhinging it from orgasming I think creates some nicer experiences very helpful and it's really important and it's an important skill in the other partner that you're working with people that don't make you feel worse for what your body does like that's so important and if you have partners that make you feel at all deprioritized after you've come or don't communicate with you after you've come or make fun of you or 
you know, say it's cute or do anything that's annoying, being able to talk to them about, hey, I am sensitive about this. It's something that frustrates me sometimes. This is how I feel about it. I want to work on it. And someone who's down to just experiment with you and won't make you feel worse and understands where you're at is vitally important. Absolutely. Like they, (laughs) there's so much more than being able to make somebody come quickly than um to 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 have a pleasant uh, enjoyable experience with somebody so this is a complex and personal topic we completely hear you completely understand you it's not spoken about enough we really appreciate you speaking to us about it and every time you discuss this with partners especially as you find ways to talk about it in an upbeat, self-loving, self-understanding way, you're doing a great service to the rest of humanity. In terms of how you might want to work on it or shift your relationship with it, maybe thinking about what masturbation's like for you, thinking about what, like really sitting down with partners and having mad science experiments about what you're doing, how you're doing it, what helps, what doesn't help getting really creative about how you change things when you have come, if you need breaks, if you want pauses, the momentum of attention, how do you change those things? And also how can you still enjoy foreplay without a fear that your body is going to do something you don't want it to do or feel like you're really out of control of your own body? Those are really important trust relationships that we want you to have. And we want you to have the the touch and the pleasure that you really want. It's time to move into what I'm sure is one of your favorite segments. Oh, definitely. I hear you all cheering, all saying yes out there, loving it, loving the positivity. It's time for Lenny Lane. We like to use this section to talk about something that we've learned that we might want to share or something that we like and we want to tell you about. Just really kind of a a, a free flow spot for some chit chat. Now, I um, know that Lauren had something that she would love to talk about this week. (laughs) so so folks and Vix and everyone out there who's (laughs) listening (laughs) I have I have got issues with shame I have got shame issues issues around pornography and shame and just shame all the way down this probably surprises a whole lot of people for someone that is on two sexuality related podcasts I'm so proud of you for saying Like, really, just like, no bars held, just like, this is me and where I'm at, and I'm owning it. Yes, absolutely. It's something that's really, really tricky for me, and, you know, and I've had a whole lot of therapy about it. I've talked to partners a hell of a lot about it. I'm a woman who's turning 31 soon, but I've still got lots of work to do. And in terms of pornography, like, I I had experiences with pornography that were closely tied to shame and this is bad and not a good thing. Mm-hmm. And as a woman, like, as a cis woman, it was not normalized at all to enjoy pornography or have any interest whatsoever yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> for it to be anything except for a joke and dirty and bad. And so, and so, Vix, I just straight up cannot listen to pornography with sound on. I mean, I just... I don't consume any porn with any sound. I have to have it off. I I honestly also did the same for many years. Great. Uh, Great. Thank you. I feel like I've 
started listening to it like a little bit more because I'm like, mm. man, is this weird that I just do a consume <laughs> of the body, but I do, I don't, I don't want to hear it. But then I, I, it's tricky also because like the audio to a lot of these things, sometimes it, a, it's not why I'm what I'm there for, and b, it's awful and <laughs> and not hot and and doesn't make me feel sexy, and I, and I'm there to you know have my controlled sexual experience. <laughs> I, I agree with a lot of that because for me, I think a lot of the audio is awful and that for me is a lot because a lot of pornography is just heteronormative, male gaze, yes. like it's not for me, it feels really inauthentic. Yeah, uh, it's really terrible. Ethically made porn that has beautiful mm. audio, uh, but this, yes. is, this is more about the, the, the general uh, mm. go-to het uh, Absolutely. Blow job, penetrate, come on face, done. Yes, that's Pleasure exactly found. it. <laughs> Pleasure completed. <laughs> but even then, when when there is that ethically done porn, and there is a there is an artist who I really really like, I'm even uncomfortable listening to that, oh, even though that really? person's really attractive. Yeah. It's like I it's like I can't. I can't be that present with the sex. It has to be something that I'm vaguely seeing, but Without not all barrier. of my senses are aware of it. Barrier. It's really weird, and deconstructing it's really weird. Not weird, the- babe. That's like, <laughs> this is so cool that like, you're looking into that, and it's, yeah. like, it's not weird to be on your journey. Like that's okay. Thank you. This is so nice. I'm getting support in real time, <laughs> and these shameful things I have, these shame-related things I've known about myself for a while. So that's not the learning lane. The learning lane is connected to, we've talked about how I have tried um, dabbling with OnlyFans as a consumer. And so I've been enjoying experiencing more about how OnlyFans works and all the different ways that you can tip a performer. You can tip them for the pictures in their feed. They can post a video or an image and you can just choose to tip them. You can send messages with them. And if you send a message with a tip, it goes to the top of their inbox. So some people, yeah, some people are like, you know, $5 to answer whatever question, you know, and then you just send your message with a tip. Some performers I've seen will email and offer you unlocking extra videos, you know, like an extra special long video if you tip me a certain amount, say it's $10, $12, whatever. It makes it so easy to keep, uh, there's no good way to say it, but to keep like a lubricated relationship with the performer. Lubrication. Yes, <laughs> we love lubrication. And so that's been really interesting to see how that works and experience paying someone who's a sex worker or paying someone who's a content creator in different ways. That's yeah, been very interesting. Wow. I love the breadth of ways that you can provide that support. And, mm. and so, I, yeah, I find the, the ability to do um, the direct messaging in more of a solicited way, I think is so interesting because I I think that's the problem that happens on things like Twitter very often is the unsolicited DMs where people are literally trying to get your time for free. And it's like, I am an artist performer and this is my business. Like pay or get out. Like, I I love that that's set up for the desirable behavior. I love it. Yes. And you know, if someone has frequently asked questions, you pay $5 if you're going to be a dumbass and ask that question again, if you want an answer. Why should they do the same work over and over again? Like if you were too lazy to do a read. Exactly do that. And so I've had a new experience where I have messaged someone who I support on OnlyFans to request a custom video. And the custom, I know. 
and, <laughs> and the custom video that I've requested, I had to start small. I'm like, this has to be very chaste. This has to be very short term because I cannot stand verbalizing something more explicit. Oh, oh my God. I'm just like, just like my mind is running on what this like taste suggestion is. I'm just like, this is maybe like, like, uh, I feel like my brain is just like, oh my God, is this like a little, like a little fishnet glove slipping on a hand? <laughs> Well, you what a pretty beautiful baby you are. <laughs> well, it's it's along those lines and I'm going to leave everybody hanging. I'm going to leave everybody hanging until I Receive get this get goods. this request fulfilled. Oh my god. Um, <laughs> oh my but god. I, I felt so uncomfortable and so shy even just messaging this person and getting this person to message back oh. made me feel all kinds of flustered <laughs> and then literally just negotiating very easily just having this yeah. conversation about this thing and they're like great that sounds awesome I'll do that and I'll get back to you and I'm like wow. is this you can get the porn you want this easily this is amazing wow I just wow the world of customization is just it's a very exciting time to be mm. alive <laughs> <laughs> so if you've got a weird specific thing or if you've seen an internet hottie that has an OnlyFans account and you're like, I wish they could pretend to be an alligator or I wish they could read out their favorite recipe while hopping up and down on dildo, whatever you want, you c- if you have got some money, you can try talking to them. You can ask them if they'll do that. You know, well, you, you would be surprised. Yeah, that's a fun thing to do with friends. Yeah, I think we should do that sometime. I that think that fun. would be really fun. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds and, really good. And yeah, get so you know, so I I don't know about you, but like groups of friends that I have, there's a whole bunch of stuff that like a bunch of us are into. Um, <laughs> and sometimes the things that you'd like to see just don't exist in the world. So uh, that's a great idea, your, actually. Use your dollars. Yeah, look at this or, or, organic, organic uh, inspiration just flowing <laughs> through the internet between our microphones. Right now. <laughs> Talk to your friends, find your shared kinks, and pay people to make it for you. Yes, yes yeah. While we can't really indulge as much, so maybe that's like a fun, a fun yeah. thing to have a think about as something sexy, uh, a sexy potential to add to your uh, your repertoire for these strange, sometimes unsexy times. <laughs> I love that. So I'll let you and everyone else know what it is next week when we have a little sit down um, and let you know how it all went. <laughs> <laughs> but how about we share a little weekly wonderful before we're out of time the oh, weekly wonderful yeah. this is just where we share something that just made us happy you know tickled us brought a smile to our faces because we are in these very weird strange times so for me my little weekly wonderful it really is for both victoria yeah, and i is, isn't this it this is a duo one but this you, is a shared you're one. better at uh, uh more structured things than i <laughs> <laughs> So me and my sexy structure are going to talk to you about a book called Sex and Social Media. So this has been written by Katrin Tiedenberg. Very sorry about the name pronunciation there. And friend of the podcast and you and I, Emily Vandenagel. So Emily is an academic who I know. She does an amazing job about talking about sex and social media and how they influence each other. I'm sure that her collaborator, Katrin, is also completely awesome. So this is a book that is academic, but it's very approachable to read. It talks a lot about how people use social media for sex education, for sex relationships, online, offline, anonymous or otherwise, uh, and also how 
you know, sex drives the way social media behaves and anonymity and safety and so many different things. It's a very juicy, interesting book. And we just happen to be a little bit related, aren't we? Just just a little bit, you know. Uh, Emily may have been doing some research to see how some uh, lovely sex-positive individuals uh, express their sexuality and engage around sex in social media. And two of those lovely humans happen to be Lauren and I. <laughs> yes, I had a good old chin wag with Emily interviewing about Tumblr and my experiences using Tumblr as a a sexual Pinterest board that was a low rent a low rent way of exploring what was interesting to me or at least interesting theoretically, visually or otherwise. Um, I've got a pseudonym in the book itself, but really recommend that you pick it up. Uh, you can check out Emily on Twitter at M-E-M-V-D-N. And if you check out the book on the publisher's website, I believe it's called Emerald Books, you can use the code social for a 30% off discount as well. Yes, we love that. Some sexy, sweet material and learning and thinking. And I think it's really good this sort of topic for like having a little bit of an evaluation of what is your relationship with sex and social media right now. I feel like there's still a lot of really outdated feelings around being allowed to discuss or acknowledge sex in public spaces. Uh, I feel like it it seems to be okay to sort of um, discuss first and things like that but you know even as like a social media professional I'm I'm like am I allowed to post a picture of my butt in a thong or is that like unacceptable and then I'm at the point where I'm like wow I feel really uncomfortable with the idea that that is unacceptable or would make me less employable because almost everyone has a butt and underneath the clothes that you see it in and other places it's 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 a naked butt you know, I I don't know. I have a, have a lot of feelings on this topic, some of which you can see in relation to sexy Insta- Instagrams and relationship with body under my, not uh, my real name, actually. <laughs> <laughs> and here we are making a podcast about sharing stuff with us. And uh, all yeah. we can hope is that the public will not make us regret <laughs> <laughs> what we are doing right I now. hope. <laughs> Surely I can post anything about sex now, now that, you know, I feel like in our first episode, I can't remember whether it got cut or not, but me talking about butthole stretching, and I'm like, wow, I I don't think there's any going back from here, like, I I think this is is just it, and, uh, yeah. And fortunately, we've got friends that have responded positively to us being vulnerable and the response has been lovely. We don't have many people left in our lives that act in disgust. Mm -hmm. Disgust usually comes from fear. Fear often comes from jealousy. I'm not here to make my labor more appealing (laughs) by being less me in in the situation. But that's coming from a lot of privilege. So, mm, you know. Yeah, of course. Yeah, very privileged in, in this world to to be in the position that I'm in and even then I'm like wow the disgusting amounts of hard work to do the basic stuff that I did the mind fucking boggles yes and I want the people out there especially cishet dudes I want you to remember that what Vix and I are doing and what you are listening to would get us arrested 
and potentially killed in other countries. And I know that this is a very unfun thing for me to add at the end, but we're doing something that women have been brutally punished for in terms of just talking about what we're into, what we've done, what we might like to do. So this is still important work, you know, to be visible about this stuff, to actually have these conversations. And so you're also doing your part by being visible. And dare I turn this into talking about visibility? And bridging into, please leave a review. Please help us be more visible (laughs) by leaving a review wherever you like to get your podcasts. Help more people find us. We feel like we're having good fun. You've all told us that you're really um, picking up what we're putting down. And we want to speak to more people. We want to hear from more of you. We do, because like the, the, the favorite impact that I'm having so far is some really beautiful, genuine messages that we're getting around people having conversations or thinking a little bit more on something that's made them nervous uh, from listening to us have a chat. And that is just so beautiful and everything I could ask for, except for some lovely reviews, which we'd super appreciate. Um, (laughs) For other people to have some joyful experience around their their self-exploration and enjoying sex and feeling like you can talk about it um, and getting closer to it being the part of your life that you feel would make you the happiest for now. But that's the beauty of sex is that might be different in 10 years. So many beautiful years, days, weeks, months to uh, explore, test, try, rejig. Sex is the best. Hell yeah. I guess we should wrap up there, really. Well, I deem this episode done. We've been very (laughs) chatty little sausages. uh, But... The, the structure of what happens in this show relies on you, beautiful listener. Uh, we like to use questions or topics that you submit to us, which you can do in a couple of ways. You can both do it through uh, sliding us a sweet little DM on our Twitter account at DoneWonderfully, or we also have a Curious Cat set up, which is Curious Cat dot qa slash wonderfully done where what you're actually able to do with this tool is to submit uh, a comment completely anonymously some people have used it for questions other people have used it for a feedback or a feeling so feel free to sort of have a chat to us in there if you don't feel comfortable uh doing it somewhere that's attached to your name in any way uh wonderfully done can be downloaded wherever you listen to your podcasts and to you lauren Well, hey, you're doing wonderfully.